hi there. <laughs> hi there, and welcome to My Zen Brain, another book report. I am Andy. Uh, glad to have you, and uh, it's been a while since I was able to put out anything uh, in the My Zen Brain uh, moniker because I have been pretty busy at work and I have been uh, keeping myself occupied with uh, going to the gym a lot and um, just otherwise uh, otherwise disposed so uh, I'm sorry under otherwise indisposed but I'm back and uh, so this is a uh, another book report and I hope to have uh, yet another book report out sometime very soon and after that uh, I think that my schedule will have settled down a little bit and uh, I can go back to start recording podcasts um, but for the purposes of this morning I am going to review The Case Against Sugar by Gary Tobes it was a Joe Rogan podcast with Nina Teicholtz, where I first heard about Gary Tobes' book, The Case Against Sugar. Tobes is a journalist and science writer by trade, and in 2002, he wrote the seminal New York Times article, What If It's All Been a Big Fat Lie? And this article and the book, The Case Against Sugar, he wrote more than a decade later, came out in 2016. Uh, were the first seeds planted in what has become, for me at least, something between a hobby and an obsession with nutrition in general, and specifically its effect on the brain. Prior to getting sober, I was a lifelong sugar junkie, complete with the root beer belly at uh, around age 7. I had a love affair with food that peaked when I was slapping together ham and cheese sandwiches at 2 in the morning in the Valley Hope kitchen where I went to rehab. Um, apparently they they let you just, if, if you're detoxing, uh, you can help yourself to whatever you want in the kitchen. Um, when I first checked in at Valley Hope, I didn't understand uh, why I didn't automatically drop 20 pounds upon getting sober since I had stopped the daily flood of a few thousand alcoholic calories into my liver. Uh, and I had also joined a gym within weeks of getting out of rehab because I was going to get my buzz somehow, goddammit, and if it was an endorphin buzz, followed shortly after by coffee and meetings and cigarettes and most important of all, sugar, all the better. Never really occurred to me that the bag of chocolate and Starburst and nerds I kept under my bed at the three-quarters house and really just moved to a cabinet uh, when I moved into a regular place might be keeping me from losing any weight and it turned out uh, the sober life is even more conducive to listening to podcasts as it was to uh, reading um, and I was doing a lot of both so I listened to a lot of the Joe Rogan podcast because he was hosting a lot of guests like Gary Tobes and Nina Teicholtz and Rhonda Patrick uh, authors and speakers who were talking about a broad and blossoming philosophy that essentially chastised numerous governmental and industry organizations for pushing a diet for 50 years that essentially made Americans specifically and humans who consumed a westernized diet generally fat, sick, and likely to die early. 
and die worse than necessary due to a cluster of diseases resulting from a diet loaded with sucrose and fructose. Tobe's book, The Case Against Sugar, published in 2016, was jaw-dropping in two ways. The first was the message of the book, and the second was the level of research that Tobes brings to the table for presenting his case. It is exhausted, and I haven't dug deeper with Tobes' work because I soon became entrenched in the works of Max Lucaveri and Dr. David Perlmutter and John Rady and other authors whose books on nutrition and exercise and how they affect the brain I quickly digested. I wanted to understand the brain and one of the most comprehensive ways to do that was by learning how the brain reacts to meditation, exercise, nutrition, music, and anything else that uh, I can get my hands on. So it's important to me to stress that I am not an expert on anything. So I come to the task of learning about anything with an open mind and as we say in Buddhist circles, a don't know mind. A surefire way to guarantee the stagnation and ultimate calcification of malleable knowledge into the more rigid wisdom is to cauterize the feelings, I'm sorry, to cauterize the willingness to always be learning. So Tobes clearly states in his author's note for at the beginning of the book that the purpose of the book is to illustrate that sucrose and fructose, if the consumption of which is left unchecked, will be the cause of a cluster of diseases that will kill us prematurely. Quote, its goal is to explain why these sugars are the most likely suspects for the dietary trigger for uh, uh, my addition, the conditions of diabetes, obesity, and cancer, yet the prime suspects for the dietary trigger for these conditions have been, until the last decade, treated as little worse than a harmless pleasure. Tobes entitles his first chapter, Introduction, Why Diabetes? But really, the book aims to explain how the group of chronic diseases related to the Western lifestyle, and specifically the Western diet, are all related to the overconsumption of sugar. Tobes details how we, he will explain how heart disease, diabetes, cancer, stroke, and Alzheimer's disease can all be traced back to the overconsumption of sugar. Tobes gives fair warning about the murky waters that surround the debate and the controversial history of the attitude around sugar's role in the cultural and public awareness of diet and health. Since Tobes himself carries out what, in my opinion at least, is an exhaustively thorough inclusion and evaluation of source material, and a logical approach to all sides of the arguments he presents, I don't have to do any of that here. Just know that after reading this book, I was convinced enough to dig deeper into the effect of nutrition and exercise on the brain, and thus the mind, and was rewarded with a reading list that grows almost weekly. As Max Lugaveri stated in his book Genius, Food, Genius Foods, sorry, the body of knowledge and research on how diet affects neuroplasticity in the brain in general increases almost yearly in the 21st century. So the comparison 
Tobes uses at the outset of his book, and which grabbed my attention immediately, was sugar as a drug that can have myriad negative side effects in the long term for the sake of what has been delegated the title of relatively harmless instant gratification in the short term. I first read the case against sugar a few years ago, and I started again in the past year. With the pandemic that effectively began around February of 2020 came along with it a dramatic plunge in my efforts to modulate my diet at all. Um, and my parallel efforts to quit smoking once and for all picked back up in January of 2021 after I again read the section of the case against sugar pertaining to how the addition to American cigarettes of sugar makes them infinitely easier to inhale and thus become addicted to. And just like that, my efforts to eradicate sugar from my diet quickly took the place uh, took their place in the on-deck circle while quit smoking came to the plate. I was successful in quitting entirely for the first, more, first four months of 2021. I relapsed in April, and the relapse lasted until I began abstinence again in August. And I'm currently more than a month out of my last cigarette, and thanks to a good friend who told me about the Quit Smoking app, I'm pretty sure it's going to stick this time. <laughs> Quitting sugar, or at least, or at least dramatically reevaluating re my approach to consuming sugar, as at the top of the list of specials for 2022. Back to Topes. Early on, he gets pretty far out of the weeds on how sugar consumption affects everything from the epidemics of obesity, heart disease, heart disease and dementia to the cultural evolution of sugar consumption. He provides backstory on everything from the post-Kellogg's rivalry to create the most delicious and Rocky and Bullwinkle-friendly breakfast cereal out there to the inclusion of Hershey chocolate bars and Army Sea rations to the soft drink wars that continue to this day. And he also details how the evolution of sugar consumption in the Western diet has exploded over the years to the point where it is really, really, really hard to even avoid consuming sugar in any meaningful way as sucrose and high fructose corn syrup are ubiquitous in the American culture and the American diet. Again, I can't do justice to, to, to Tobe's arguments, so I will just include the last paragraph in the chapter preceding his descent into said weeds. And Tobes writes, <clears throat> Nutritionists have founded in themselves to blame our chronic ills on virtually any element of the diet or environment, on fats and cholesterol, on protein and wheat, on gluten and glycoproteins, growth hormones and estrogens and antibiotics, on the absence of fiber, vitamins, minerals, and surely on the presence of salt, on processed foods in general, on overconsumption and sedentary behavior, before they'll concede that it's even possible that sugar has played a unique role in any way other than merely getting us all to eat too damn much. And so when a few informed authorities over the years did indeed risk their credibility by suggesting sugar was to blame, their words had little effect 
on the beliefs of their colleagues or on the eating habits of a population that had come to rely on sugar and sweets as the resort as the rewards for the sufferings of daily life. Yeah. In the next chapter, the first 10,000 years, Tobes details how for the majority of human history, right up until the 1950s and 60s, the macronutrient, quote unquote, sugar enjoyed something close to a carte blanche status in its addition to virtually every single goddamn foodstuff in the standard western diet beginning in the middle ages all four of the four horsemen of addiction in the western diet tea coffee tobacco and chocolate were all given a dose of foodstuff steroids with the addition of sugar and then came candy and ice cream and soft drinks and on and on he covers exhaustively not only the evolution of sugar's influence on the standard Western diet, but also how the academic and medical research has evolved alongside it over the decades. He further implicates established institutions like the American Heart Association and the American Diabetes Association, among other entities, in the alteration and manipulation of any research that was conducted on the effects of sugar in the American diet, complete with accusations of bribery and manipulation of the research. Tobes describes how ultimately a 1977 FDA report on food additives essentially laid down a sugar-laden yellow brick road that the sugar industry used to effectively brainwash the nutritional establishment into thinking that sugar was indeed harmless and thus began a half century of Americans and other adherents and would-be adherents to the standard American diet across the globe started consuming way too much sugar and the institutions of health and wellness ultimately paying the price hospitals doctors uh, wellness clinics of any every every kind <clears throat> let's see of those five diseases that tobes maintain are caused by excessive sugar consumption maybe not maybe not caused by it but ex certainly accelerated all were spawned by the pre-existence of insulin resistance caused by that overconsumption. Tobes states in one single paragraph at the end of his argument that if sugar actually causes insulin resistance, as the biochemistry and animal experiments suggest, then it is also very likely the trigger for excessive fat accumulation and thus obesity. Remove the sugar and the insulin resistance. Insulin resistance improves. Weight is lost, and not because the subject ate less, but because their insulin resistance was resolved. The sugar industry doesn't see it that way. Unquote. Tobes sums up his argument with the last two paragraphs on pages 208 and 209, and he does a better job than I did. And then I then I do. He states second.
The number of researchers interested in studying sugar and fructose and worrying about the metabolic effects of consuming them is certainly growing, as is the willingness of health organizations worldwide to fund laboratory research, or at least to discuss such funding. But this has yet to be accompanied by the kind of human trials that might identify what happens when we consume sugar or high fructose corn syrup for years, and at what level of consumption we incur a problem. As of the fall of 2016, fewer than a dozen clinical trials, all small and of short duration, were ongoing in the United States that might actually establish anything that the researchers who pay attention to the literature haven't known for decades. So the answer to the question of whether sugar in the form of sucrose and high fructose corn syrup is the primary cause of insulin resistance and metabolic syndrome, and therefore obesity, diabetes, and heart disease, is, it certainly could be. The biological mechanisms that were elucidated by the 1970s make it clear that sugar is a prime suspect and should have been all along. So, for me, personally, and my treasure hunt to find the things that will kick me in the ass enough to make some changes to how I'm living, the case against sugar was a watershed moment for me. I'm not interested in the detailed arguments for or against Tobe's many positions that, in my opinion at least, are well-researched and certainly pass my critical thinking task. And I hope I am... I can redirect with my contention that The Case Against Sugar is at least a compelling book that will at least get more people thinking about food and nutrition and exercise and how they affect for good and ill the health of our brains. So there it is. Uh, I really enjoyed the book. The, the book is... Uh, it's it's eye-opening, um, and I listened to a couple podcasts that the author, Gary Tobes, was on, um, including Joe Rogan, a couple podcasts that he was on, um, and so you can uh, revisit those if you want to, or I'm sorry, you can visit those. <laughs> it would be a revisit for me. Um, if you desire, and uh, there th th there's a... a a blossoming uh, body of literature and so after I get done with the next book report um, into the magic shop I will probably resume uh, rereading and uh, bringing more book reports uh, on diet um, there's grain brain and uh, there's uh, genius foods uh, which I mentioned there's a lot so anyway, uh, I really enjoyed the book, and uh, I recommend it. And like I said, uh, I am not an authority on anything other than what got me active and what got me uh, out of uh, bed and starting to think and act on uh, the new information that I was consuming that said that the uh, the sugar that I had come to uh, rely on so much was actually killing me. So, anyway, uh, that is my review, and uh, as always, keep your head about you.